they did have the $354 million of revenue for regulatory credits and $16 million attributable to common shareholders on the bottom line. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of the podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode number 64 of the Tesla Q podcast. It's been far, far, far too long since episode 63, which was an interview with Matthew Klippenstein, which published on April 4th, 2020. I'm recording this today on May 19th, 2020. Clearly, we're all living in the coronavirus COVID-19 world. And that has changed things for a lot of people. And I apologize that I have not made a new podcast in a long, long time. Uh, Working from home, you'd think that people would have more time, but I feel like I've had less time. Uh, I haven't yet figured out how to properly bound my workday to cut off the time that I'm actually working and get to more leisurely things such as podcasting, since this is a hobby for me. Uh, Big news today. Joe Rogan signed on with Spotify for exclusive uh, rights to his podcast for $100 million. I think that's for his entire past catalog and his future episodes going forward. Lots and lots of discussion about that today on FinTwit. A lot of people compared it to when Howard Stern signed on with SiriusXM. Some people were glad to hear that he did that. Some people thought that he was a sellout. You know, lots of different, different takes on the matter. As I posted on Twitter earlier, I smoked some meats tonight and made some dinner. So trying to get a little bit back into a more normal routine of things. Uh, Nothing crazy's happened in my life. Uh, Just been working from home. And because I try to be a good employee of uh, for for my day job, I have not made any podcasts lately because it's like, oh, I'm not done with work yet. So I need to stay ready to do more work. So just trying to figure out the balance with this work from home thing. The podcast is not going away. Uh, Another big thing going on in my life personally is that my wife is expecting our first child. The due date is in early July. So that's a a bit of a change. So working at home with a seven-month pregnant wife is not something I've ever done before. So this is our first child. So things are new to me. I do plan to continue the podcast uh, going forward. <laughs> Definitely a ton of things have happened in the world of Tesla since the, the last episode was recorded. Definitely since the last time I recorded an episode where I just gave a rundown of things that have happened in Tesla. Uh, the past several episodes, looking back here, is that uh, episode 60 was just a snippet of the Elmer interview. 61 was trading tips from Larry. 62 was the full Elmer interview, and 63 was the interview with Matthew Klippenstein, who has written a good number of articles about electric vehicles, hybrid electric vehicles, fuel cell vehicles, etc. It's a very good interview. Go back and listen to it if you haven't yet. The uh, Tesla Tesla Charts chart cast, of course, is going strong. They've had a nice, uh, consistent release schedule, even with 
uh, Georgia Orwell having an, a surgery a couple a month or so ago. They've they've maintained a consistent release schedule. I've completely failed at that, and for that I apologize. And without further ado, I'm gonna try to just off the top of my head talk about some of the things that haven't been discussed on this podcast that have occurred in the interim period. Uh, biggest thing, of course, uh, quarter one results occurred. So around uh, April 3rd or 4th or so, I don't remember the exact day, Tesla re- released their deliveries report. So they delivered 80,200 or thereabouts vehicles. I don't remember the exact number. I remember it was above 80,000 in quarter one. So that, uh, that included the fact that they had shut down the Fremont factory on about March 23rd. So they missed a week or a week and a half or two weeks of production in quarter one. They did have about uh, I think 12 to 13,000 more vehicles of production than they actually delivered in quarter one per their report. Uh, so that's inventory that they could deliver in quarter two. Uh, also, uh, the China, the Shanghai factory, I'm not going to uh, call it by the name that Elon Musk would prefer. Uh, it was shut down for a number of weeks because of the coronavirus, obviously, but it did did come back online. News this past week is that in April, I believe Tesla, I believe there were about 3,000 Teslas that were registered in China. So 3,000 for the month of April. That's second quarter 2020. Keep that in mind. Another big piece of news that's occurred since the last podcast is that Tesla's quarter one financials were released. Big number that I remember from that is that the the bottom line gap net income number for Tesla was $16 million. That's net income attributable, attributable to common shareholders, $16 million. And in quarter one, uh, in Tesla's revenue, they had $354 million of regulatory credits. So that's ZEV credits and greenhouse gas emission credits. Uh, I'm not sure they actually had all that cash in hand at the time. I think Part of that was part of their accounts receivable, uh, which I think they had a a greater than 10% uh, entity that was part of their accounts receivable in quarter one. I haven't actually gone into detail myself into the the 10Q for quarter one, but uh, they did have the $354 million of revenue for regulatory credits and $16 million attributable to common shareholders on the bottom line. So those were the big numbers that stood out to me when I first saw their earnings release. Just after it came out, I tweeted that that was the prime FUD of of that release. And the very next day, I saw probably five to 10 articles that, that pointed out within the top paragraph or top few bullet points that 16 million versus 354 million dollar dichotomy. So, Tesla bulls. Uh, I, I engage with Tesla bulls on Twitter sometimes, and they like to say that uh, that we're being dishonest or shorting and distorting or all their their tropes that they throw out there. But that's the simple numbers that were reported by Tesla: 16 million dollars of net income attributable to common shareholders. And they had $354 million of regulatory credits, which is not revenue that comes from the direct sale of a vehicle or of a solar roof, whether it be uh, traditional panels that are not 
aesthetically pleasing or whether it be the attempted to be more aesthetically pleasing roof tiles, which they're still in the process of of improving their ability to install. So, yes, it is part of their business. Yes, it is revenue that they actually get at some point, whether they've gotten it yet or not. But it's not part of their core business of what what they sell being automobiles or software which theoretically will be worth more money in the future because it will be able to uh, take a vehicle and and go out and get rides and uh, a lot of people have have used more colorful language for for what the vehicles are going to be doing hypothetically if the software actually gets to the point of being capable of that but i guess we'll see what tesla ends up uh, recognizing in terms of their FSD revenue for quarter two. A uh, guy on Twitter named Gary Black, I've engaged with a little bit. Uh, he was quoted in the Wall Street Journal, I think yesterday, saying that he thinks that if Tesla does report a positive profit for quarter two, that they're a shoe in for the S&P 500, which I know a lot of Tesla bulls have been really excited about the idea of being added to the S&P 500 for a long time now, because that would be uh, forced buying uh, for lack of a better word, by all the indexers out there. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if it's feasible for it to happen. Um, as of as of today, on May 19th, 2020, when Elon Musk started up his factory again about eight days ago on the 11th of May 2020, despite the fact that Alameda County still had a shelter-in-place order in place. I think they still do today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but... Uh, Based on the aggressive restart of the factory, I think the the ceiling for Tesla deliveries in quarter two is probably about 80,000 vehicles, which is what they delivered in quarter one. That's probably being optimistic for Tesla. Uh, If you are a bull, that would be optimistic. My more realistic estimate is probably in the 55 to 65,000 range. Based on the amount of time that Fremont was shut down, there are sub-assemblies and such that, that Shanghai's factory needed or would have needed to be able to complete vehicles there. I don't know all the ins and outs of the logistics of, of how they're going to ship those and everything, but uh, I do know that Tesla apparently has a, a roll-on, roll-off ship that's supposed to dock at Pier 80 in San Francisco tomorrow, the 20th of May, 2020. Uh, I would assume that that's probably going to get loaded up with the European Model 3s and maybe some Model Ys as well. And it will probably make it to Europe before the end of the quarter. So that'll be about 4,000 vehicles on that ship. Uh, I think they may have three total ships, maybe maybe uh, two and a half shiploads that they ship to other parts of the world. Probably two full shiploads to Europe and about a half a shipload to uh, maybe Australia, South Korea, Japan, etc. Um, so that, in total, will be about 10,000 vehicles that that they should be able to ship. They had about 15 to 20,000 in inventory in Europe and the U.S. that should theoretically be deliverable in quarter two. So that's about that's maybe 30,000 total. They should be able to produce about 30,000 for China. So that's about 60,000. And then say about three weeks, two, two and a half to three weeks of, of uh, production in Fremont for the U.S. So 
65 to 75,000 sounds about right. I'm just thinking through these numbers uh, as I talk here. I didn't prepare in advance for this podcast. Sorry if it's disjointed, but uh, somewhere in the 65 to 75,000 range for deliveries for quarter two is what I'm thinking as of now. Um, I did, I've tweeted a range based on different uh, restart dates for Fremont. As we all, if you're listening to this podcast, I would assume that you know that uh, Tesla did restart their Fremont factory last week against the orders of Alameda County's shelter-in-place orders. So there was that whole big fight that went on. It's been covered ad nauseum in tons of other places besides this podcast. So I'm not going to get into to, to much detail on that. But we all know that they started production again last week. Uh, around the 11th of May 2020. So they're going to have not a horrendous second quarter of 2020 because Elon Musk was very aggressive in restarting the factory. For better or worse, more COVID cases or less COVID cases, that's going to play out however it's going to play out. I don't know know how it'll play out, but it'll it'll play out one way or the other. It may be a a positive for Elon because maybe Alameda County's cases will not go up very much with the restart of the factory, or maybe they will. I don't know. I do think that the cash situation for Tesla is not nearly as dire as it could have been if he hadn't got the re- the factory re- restarted. So that's something to, to continue watching. Apparently, uh, there may be some, some financial distress for SpaceX at present. Uh, just today, the 19th of May, 2020, the head of uh, the NASA human spaceflight program apparently resigned from his position. I haven't yet had a chance to, to look closer to try to figure out if there's any, anywhere that mentions why, why he might have done that. Uh, Montana Skeptic replied to me on Twitter and said that apparently on Reddit there's some, some interesting info that may be well-sourced or properly sourced, so I'm going to try to look into that once I finish recording this episode. But I did tweet that, that it's interesting to me that it seems that SpaceX may have some financial difficulties right now. And Tesla also may have uh, a bit of a cash situation on their hands. If you haven't read the Montana Skeptic article about Tesla's cash situation uh, on Seeking Alpha, I recommend doing that. He also recently wrote two articles about how beholden Tesla is to China. Read those if you haven't. Uh, they may one or one or both of those may already be behind the paywall on on Seeking Alpha, but the the really brief summary of those articles is that based on Tesla's contracts with China and the the loans that they got to build the, the Shanghai factory, not Gigafactory, factory, uh, and the working capital loans, apparently Tesla cannot get cash out of China and bring it back to the rest of the world Tesla until they've made a certain amount of money and paid a certain amount of taxes in test in in China for the factories that they built there. So I'm not sure when that'll be. If if all goes well for Tesla, I think it's going to be like 2022 or 2023 before they could even conceivably repatriate any of that cash from China to rest of world Tesla. So that's something to keep in mind. So the estimate that uh, Badger24 and Montana Skeptic used in, in the article that he wrote about their cash situation is that 
two billion or so, uh, probably more than probably a little bit more than two billion of Tesla's eight billion of cash that they reported having available on uh, the 31st of March 2020 is probably stuck in China. So probably more like six billion ish, roughly, uh, is available to rest of world China. They obviously had their accrued liabilities and accounts payable balances, which I think totaled five to six billion um, as of 331. So some amount of that needed to be paid. I know part of that included the the state income taxes on some of their sales that uh, from some of the vehicles that they probably delivered in late March of 2020. So maybe we'll we'll say like two to three billion of that had to be repaid relatively early in the second quarter here of 2020. So that would take the uh, 8 billion minus 2 billion would be 6 billion of of cash for rest of world China, take away another 2 to 3 billion and you're down to to say 3 to 4 billion and you start to see that the cash situation is not necessarily as rosy as Tesla would want you to believe. And that's probably why Elon seemed to be so frantic the last couple of weeks um, in restarting the Fremont factory. Another another big item that, that happened in the land of Tesla was just a few weeks ago. Uh, it's been almost uh, three weeks now. On a Friday, May the 1st, Elon tweeted that Tesla's share price was too high in his opinion. And that resulted in a drop from about from about 760 down to about uh, six, as low as about 682, the low 680 range, 685, something like that. Uh, within a very, very short time period, uh, the day before, of course, was uh, Thursday, April 30th, which was the day after their earnings release. And on that day, the share price dropped from a an opening of about eight. Uh, 850 something it spiked almost up to 870 and then fell to close that day at seven something but then the very next day of course elon tweeted that the share price was too high and that caused a precipitous drop from about 760 to about 685 in a, a relatively short period of time sadly for me i did not have any substantial tesla short position on through any of those days, my plan recently has been to await the impending raise, which I've I've been assuming that they would raise capital again, and it hasn't happened yet. And uh, my plan has been to wait for that raise to happen, and then three to four days later to enter a new short position and try to capitalize on it. The raise hasn't happened. Uh, just earlier today, I did buy. Uh, add to some uh, put, put positions with Tesla. My short equity position is currently very meager. That may change in the not too distant future. Uh, but uh, that was a, a relatively big occurrence. Elon tweeting about Tesla's share price being too high. It dropped massively. And then of course it recovered and has subsequently recovered greatly. Uh, it, it dropped below 700 following that tweet on that Friday and has mostly been above 700 ever since, uh, at least that Monday, 
the fourth or fifth of of May and following, it's pretty much completely stayed above 700 the entire time period. So another excuse that I will make for why I haven't done a new podcast lately is that I've been attempting to to trade along with being a work from home person. So in my attempts to trade, of course, I've been short a lot of things, which has been really, really terrible in the period since March the 23rd. It's been been pretty horrendous. Uh, almost all of the short positions that I've had have been in companies that are crowded shorts, which have subsequently been squeezed and have basically skyrocketed since that March 23rd low. So if you've listened or if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I am very, very bearish on Carvana's prospects uh, to remain a company for anything more than maybe two to three years. Uh, Another company that I've been short for, for some time now is Netflix. Actually, that's, that's the one that, that I'm, maybe have the least confidence in because everybody loves Netflix and everybody everybody knows that they could be profitable if they wanted to they could they could stop bur- they could they could shut off that cash spigot that just keeps burning cash quarter after quarter after quarter if they if they wanted to also Wingstop is grossly overvalued Sam Adams is grossly overvalued uh, Bo- that's Boston Beer Company ticker simple Sam uh, Wayfair has been a complete pile of trash, but somehow uh, they have gone from their low of 2170. They dropped to 2170 on March 19th, and they hit a high of 197.06 just a just just last week. Uh, it, it's absurd. They they burn tons of cash it's it's just a terrible business yet uh yet the share price went up like eight times in value almost over a two less than two month period it it really just makes me a little bit sick uh uber is another company that i've been short for a while that uh just is stupidly valued shopify is stupidly valued although they're far less of a a cash incinerator than than Carvana and Wayfair particularly. Another company that I've been short on and off is Planet Fitness. I actually have almost no position in it right now. I got out with a very tiny profit earlier this week, uh, or maybe it was might have been late last week. I don't remember exactly, but uh, just before the Moderna miracle vaccine news came out uh, Monday morning. I, I was able to get out of, of Planet Fitness at a slight profit. And there, there's probably a couple other companies that I've been short. Uh, I've been short uh, Chipotle Mexican Grill because I'm a, apparently a masochist. So that's gone great for me. But uh, back to, to my excuse for not actually recording a podcast. I've been working on my, my trading skills as talked about in episode number 62 or 61 the trading tips with Larry I've been trying to practice some of those while also trying to balance having a full-time job and and doing enough to not feel bad about being a work from home person and all that stuff so a lot of things on my plate uh actually for 
more disclosure than anybody would want, uh, there's actually a potential opportunity for me with my current job, which would probably necess necessitate me not paying attention to the market during market hours, uh, which I would possibly be qualified for, but and might actually be the best candidate for, but I, I'm not sure that I can give up the all all the knowledge that I've gained about the markets, and even though I've done a really really terrible job trading lately because of the market's irrationality, I still can't bring myself to to giving much consideration to the idea of abandoning being involved in the market. Uh, so that's something that's going on in my life. Uh, another thing that's weighing on my mind, in addition to the fact that I'm going to be a first-time father within the next two months. So a lot of things going on in my head. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably noticed that I am doing all that I can to try to learn as much as I can about technical analysis uh, to try to help me become a better trader. So it, you may have noticed that I've been hashtagging TQ, hashtag TQP technicals. That's mostly for my own benefit to try to uh, better organize so that I can go back and search through old tweets as, as I might desire to see some chart that I might have posted. Um, so while this started as a podcast, uh, my, for my own individual participation in the market, I guess, I've been trying to branch out into a lot of things other than Tesla specifically. I actually haven't traded Tesla very much lately compared to some other things. I'm trying to become as good of a technical analyst as I can be. I don't know if I'm, I don't, I don't know if I'm becoming good at that or not. Uh, I, I've looked at a lot of moving averages lately. The uh, S&P 500 has now for the third time rejected the 200 day exponential moving average. Uh, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. The, the sell off over the last uh, 50, 65 to 70 minutes of, of market hours today was pretty substantial. So we'll see what happens with that. I am not a macro economist. I am very inexperienced in the market. So please be cautious if you take anything that I say as advice. Uh, it's not advice. Do your own research. Uh, if you like the looks of some chart that I make on Twitter or that I post on Twitter, great. Uh, but make your own decisions on any trades. I have no idea where Tesla's going. I, I don't think they're in imminent need of raising new cash, but maybe they are. I don't know. We'll see. My plan that I mentioned of waiting for them to raise new capital and then three to four days later opening a new short position or upsizing my current short position. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to, to do that or not. We'll see. Uh, but lots of things going on in the market. Uh, if you If you missed it, please go read the Tesla charts thread about Moderna from yesterday. He basically in real time called out that the Moderna CEO being on CNBC and touting the phase one results of uh, what apparently was like eight people uh, with their vaccine trials. And then they ended up uh, doing a secondary offering after the market closed the very same day as the CEO was on CNBC. It, it, that was just a clear example of 
part of what's wrong with the markets today. So if you haven't read that thread, please go check it out. Uh, also, GSX, uh, they've been called out now by Citron and aggressively by Muddy Waters, who also called out the Luck and Coffee fraud. Uh, and apparently, they're, apparently GSX is fighting it verbally, whatever. But quite clearly, with the amount of, of short interest that is focused on GSX, it seems to me to be fairly clear that that's likely a fraud very similar to luck and coffee. I don't have any position. I don't recommend that anyone listening to this podcast enter any position, but I do feel like the coalition of short sellers and the the knowledge gained, the trust gained amongst short sellers that's coalesced around the Tesla Q Twitter community is of great value, although it does lead to some shorts being very crowded, which has been part of my downfall over the last two months, roughly uh, seven weeks, I guess, more so. Uh, that's caused my trading to be very terrible and my uh, portfolio value to be much less than it otherwise should be. But I think a lot of that is due simply to short squeezes. And I'm not sure how much the, sh the short squeezes have been targeted efforts based on possibly the Chinese Communist Party or possibly just people that are like, oh, this this stock has a, a really high short interest. I'm going to buy calls in it or whatever. I don't know if there's uh, some Wall Street bets on Reddit coalition that's that's actively fighting us with us being the coalition of, of short sellers who clearly recognize terrible businesses like Wayfair and Carvana that burn cash uh, like nobody's business. Also Uber, which has had two rounds of layoffs already with the, the coronavirus, um, but they were going to buy Uber, so or uh, not Uber, they were going to buy Grubhub. So Uber with their money-losing food delivery business and Grubhub with their money-losing food delivery business, add them together and they'll just lose money together. I, I don't know what the thesis is there, but both companies rallied on on those rumors of, of that merger possibly happening. So there's just a lot of irrationality in the market lately. And it pains me a little bit, makes me sad. I don't think it'll last forever. I do think gravity and rationality will return at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, so whatever trades you think you might make, use your own judgment. Only use... Uh, whatever I say here as a small portion of any research that you do. But uh, I do really like the idea of a long Budweiser or Molson Coors. So that's AB InBev. It's ticker BUD or uh, Molson Coors, I think is TAP. Uh, long either of those two companies and short Boston Beer Company makes a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I think Boston Beer is at like a 40x price to cash flow ratio, and both of those other two are at under 10x. So at some point, those uh, those relative valuations should come back closer to being in line. I really don't see any differentiation for Boston Beer Company, despite the fact that it probably has some big fans out there. 
so that's that's not an official recommendation, but something that I think you should consider is long Molson Coors and or Bud and short Sam Adams. I'm short Sam Adams. The problem with shorting Sam Adams slash Boston Beer Company is that it has a really low float. Uh, the bid ask spreads are pretty wide on the shares. Sometimes there will be a minute or two within the trading day that no shares are traded. So that let that be a warning. It's not for the faint of heart, but something that you might want to consider. So I think I've mentioned GSX. I've mentioned Moderna with their uh, secondary offering that happened yesterday, the very same day that the CEO was on CNBC in the morning. Uh, Today, there was a great uh, interchange between Tesla Charts and Joe Kernan, whatever the guy's name is that's on Squawk Box on CNBC. The twi- from the Twitter interchange, Tesla Charts definitely won from my perspective. And I also mentioned Carvana. They had another secondary offering that, they was, that was announced last night, the 18th of May, 2020. Their second offering in like under two months or yeah, right under two months. So that's some more cash that they'll get to, to incinerate in their in cash incinerating business. And plenty of other shenanery is occurring in the capital markets. I'll leave it to Chris Irons and the QTR podcast to, to go on the deep rants on that uh, with the expletives and everything. I'll keep this as a family-friendly podcast. I do appreciate everyone listening. I apologize for taking so long in between episodes. I will try to do better at that going forward, even though I do have a child on the way, my very first child in under two months. I didn't talk a ton about Tesla on this episode, but there's a there's plenty more than just Tesla that's wrong with the markets right now. And I feel like the Tesla Q Twitter community is doing a great job of covering a lot of those things. So if you don't read Twitter and you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're somebody that knows me. Uh, otherwise, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Yeah, check out Twitter. If you want some shorty merchandise, go to evacuationboy.com. If you want to contribute to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. And who knows, maybe I'll write up an article or put out uh, some financial estimates on there in the near future. But anyway, thanks for listening. This has been episode number 64 of the Q Podcast. Bye-bye.